Good morning. Whether you're joining us over the live stream or here in person, welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I am Chris Jimerson, co-lead minister for values and mission at the church. I especially want to welcome our visitors this morning. We're so glad you're here. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person, and it's in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning, or if you're online, to greet each other in the comments. Please join me in saying the words by which we light the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine on systems of oppression until they are no more. And this is the warmth we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship this morning was written by Alfred North Whitehead, 1861 to 1947. He was a white British mathematician and philosopher who is best known for defining process philosophy, to see the world as a web of interrelated processes of which we are integral parts. He writes, The art of progress is to preserve order amid change and to preserve change Amid order. This congregation has a mission statement. It's our common purpose. We wrote it together and we put it on our wall and we say it together every Sunday. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. For our centering today, I invite you to join me in a meditation on loving kindness with a reminder that the sounds of small children and other human sounds are a part of meditating in this church. I invite you to close your eyes, close your eyes, and simply breathe. Breathe in, breathe out. Try to focus yourself on your breath, flowing in and flowing out, in and out. Now centered in your breathing, I invite you to bring into your awareness an image of yourself. Perhaps it is your whole self or perhaps it is a part of you that has been hurt or that needs healing. Breathing in, breathing out. Hold yourself in your awareness and send yourself this wish. May I be well. May I experience loving kindness. May I be free from suffering. May I know joy and pure love. 
now still centered in your breathing, I invite you to bring to mind someone whom you love, who you have very warm feelings toward. They could be a spouse or partner, a child, parent, other family member, a friend. And as you hold this person in your thoughts and you continue to stay centered in your breathing, join me in sending them this wish. May you be well. May you experience loving kindness. May you be free from suffering. May you know joy and pure love. Continuing your breathing now, I invite you to bring to mind someone you may feel more neutral about. Perhaps a co-worker you haven't gotten to know very well or a new neighbor. As you breathe in and breathe out, visualize them and send them this wish. May you be well. May you experience loving kindness. May you be free from suffering. May you know joy and pure love. Finally, I invite you to bring to mind someone with whom you have difficulty. Someone perhaps with whom you are having conflict or that you feel a need to forgive. I invite you to visualize this person and breathing in, breathing out, send them this wish. May you be well. May you experience loving kindness. May you be free from suffering. May you know joy and pure love. I invite you now to light candles representing sorrows and joys, remembrances or hopes as we continue our meditative quiet through the end of the music.
Our reading this morning was written by William Stafford, 1914 to 1993. He was a white American poet and pacifist who was appointed the 20th Consultant in Poetry to the Library of Congress in 1970. This poem is titled, The Way It Is. There is a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you are pursuing. You have to explain about the thread. But it is hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die, and and you suffer and get old. Nothing you can do can stop times unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. Several years ago, I was a student chaplain at what was then the public hospital in our area, Brackenridge, which has now been replaced. The floor to which I was assigned had a section of rooms that were for in-hospital hospice care to, as much as possible, keep people out of pain while we worked to get them into a hospice out in the community or to arrange home hospice care. I got to know a woman who, through a great deal of hardship, had immigrated from Korea. I'll call her Lily, though that was not her real name. Lily had been diagnosed with end-stage lung cancer. She had a teenage son and daughter. She and her children had been the victims of abuse by her former husband. Her greatest concern was for her children and what might happen to them after her death. Lily was part of an evangelical, very conservative religion. And yet, as we talked together, we found spiritual common ground in our mutual belief in the inherent worth and dignity of all people. She also had a deep reverence for the interdependent web of which we are a part. She had been an avid gardener and hiker before she got sick. Nature The interdependent web was where she said that she most strongly experienced the God of her beliefs. Sometimes she would ask me to pray with her. I'm not sure what she thought of my spirit of love and life language, but she seemed to find comfort through the prayers. Over time, she accepted the inevitability of her condition. A social worker and her nurse helped get her set up for home hospice care so that she could could spend her last days without pain and with her children. Well, on the day that Lily was scheduled to be discharged, the pastor and several members of her church visited her at the hospital. They convinced her that God was going to cure her cancer. God was going to save her life. They talked her into canceling the home hospice care and took her home without pain control. Within only a few days, though, her condition got much, much worse. 
She suffered needlessly until she finally reached out to her social worker who got home hospice care reestablished for her at the urging of her children who didn't want her to suffer such terrible pain. The spiritual topic we've been exploring this month is change and uncertainty. I share Lily's story with you because it illustrates how false certainty can be more harmful sometimes than living in uncertainty. The truth is, there is very little certainty in life. Things are always changing, and that can be good. Creativity, creation itself, only occur if there is change and uncertainty. And yet... Change and uncertainty can feel very scary to us, can't they? What sustains us? What do we hold on to, especially when change is even greater than usual? Times are even more uncertain. And let's face it, we've been through a lot of change and uncertainty in, oh, the last decade at this church. We tore up our building. The end results are this beautiful expanded sanctuary, a magnificent art gallery, a new kitchen, and restrooms that make us proud. (laughs) Still, that was a lot of change and disruption, wasn't it? We've seen so much social and political upheaval. We have a new majority in the House of Representatives. There's no telling what they may do. We have witnessed the rise of explicit racism and other forms of bigotry across our country. We have seen hate come out of the closet. And of course, we went through a pandemic and sheltering at home, practicing virtual church for two years. Then there was the snowpocalypse, locust and murder harnets. And then there's global climate change. And we're also in an interim transition period here at the church after our former senior minister, now Minister Emerita, had to retire. That is a lot of change, a lot of uncertainty, and I'm sure there are things I missed. So how do we sustain ourselves through such times? Well, author and researcher Jonathan Fields coined the term certainty anchors for that which we can hold on to even during the most uncertain of times. Building upon his work as well as that of others, there are five R words of how we might sustain ourselves during uncertain times. The first R word is ritual. Meditating, praying, a daily gratitude practice, the candle lighting we do here at the church as well as our other rituals can help us through changing times. They provide a steadiness and help calm the anxieties that can arise from so much change. Closely related to ritual, having regular routines can help us feel anchored when the world seems to be changing around us. Jogging each morning, coffee with the morning paper, or these days maybe the iPad, working out at the gym regularly, frequent nature hikes, saying to our spouse, I love you, at the end of each day. Our regular routines can give us something to hold on to through changing times. 
When Wayne and I first moved to Austin from Houston, or at least tried to, his initial job in Austin fell through. So he had to go back to his prior job in Houston, and for over a year, we lived in separate cities. That was a big change. One of the ways we made it through that challenging time was that we established regular routines that kept us connected and feeling anchored, talking on the phone each evening, taking turns spending the weekend in each of the cities and the like. The routines helped us maintain a sense of steadiness. The next R word is reward. It can help sustain us through changing times when we we reward ourselves and each other. What's something you've done lately that was great? Tell yourself how great it was. I love this poem by Derek Walcott. It's called Love After Love. The time will come when, with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door, in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself to the stranger who has loved you all your life, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs. Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit. Feast on your life. Reward yourself. Likewise, Ask yourself, what has your spouse or partner done lately that you really appreciated? Tell them how great it was. How about your children? The rewards we give ourselves and others provide us all with a sense of stability and accomplishment, even in the midst of great uncertainty. Now, here is an R word that I loved. Reverent purpose. Okay, well, one word starts with an R anyway. Holding our values with deep respect, having a mission we embrace with great awe and veneration can help steady us as we travel the seas of change. Now, we say our mission together every Sunday, another of our rituals. It's good, though, to also remind ourselves of the values from which our mission arises, Our values are beautiful statements about who we are as a congregation. Let me repeat them for you now. Transcendence, to connect with wonder and awe of the unity of life. Community, to connect with joy, sorrow, and service with those whose lives we touch. Compassion, to treat ourselves and others with love. Courage, to live lives of honesty, vulnerability, and beauty. Transformation, to pursue the growth that changes our lives and heals our world.
My beloveds, those are values worth living. Our values and mission together help keep us focused on what matters most even when the world gets turbulent. They provide us with a vision for moving into the future together no matter what changes and surprises may come. Well, our final certainty anchor is that most vital of our words, relationship. We hold on to one another through times of change. We anchor and steady one another. Our loved ones can sometimes be the anchor we can't always provide for ourselves, especially in the midst of storms, uncertainty hurricanes, or ambiguity tornadoes. We don't have to weather these alone. We have each other. We have those that love us. And in this religious community, we have a covenant of healthy relations. I put some on the table in the foyer back there if you'd like to look at it. The covenant is a set of solemn promises we make to one another about how we walk together in the ways of love. These are our promises for how we channel a river of love that flows through our universe with one another and hold one another steady through the tides of change. Then we go out beyond these church walls, living our values and mission and bringing the change we hope to see in our world rooted in love and justice. And that river of love just keeps flowing through our universe. And sometimes, sometimes we forget that we can find ways to dive into it and let it carry us through the change that is life, even when that change may feel like chaos. We can breathe in the river of love. We can rest in its currents. We can hold on to one another and float toward distant shores we are only beginning to imagine. There is so much change right now. Some welcomed, some not so much, some about which we may feel ambiguous. This will not change. I am with you. The river of love is still flowing. It is the constant in which we may choose to swim in life. Please say with me the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment, these we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Ritual, routine, rewards, reverent purpose, relationship. Let these be our anchors in the world. May the congregation say amen, amen. and blessed be. blessed be. Go in peace.
This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.